June 8th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin on Daf Ayin Gimala Mudalf. We began this Mishnah and turned this sugya yesterday, the last several minutes of the class. Let's begin it again. Ve'elu shemhen shematzilin otan benafshan. Says the Mishnah, the following is the list of individuals who you could, or alternatively, as Tosafot pointed out, the third Tosafot on the page, you must save benafshan. It doesn't mean that you save Benavshan, Rashi, and then echoed by Tosafot, the fourth one on the page, suggests that you're saving the person who's about to sin from sinning. Again, we'll be dealing with circumstances in which people will be chasing after another, or alternatively, the person is looking to commit a sin which won't affect a person. In some circumstances, we kill, must, or may, kill the pursuer, the one on his or her way to do the sin. In other circumstances, you're not allowed to. Who and what are you saving? You're certainly saving the one who's being pursued in a circumstance that they're being pursued. But fundamentally, so to speak, the reason why you're killing, says Rashi, is from so that the person doesn't commit a sin. How do I know that? Well, look at just the first two words of Rashi on the page. You're saving the one who's on his or her way from sinning. It's a little counterintuitive, but it gives a little bit further perspective, and we'll discuss it a bit more in the Gemara. The following is the list of individuals whom you are allowed to or must kill them as they're about to do so. The first on the list, which we mentioned yesterday, is what we, to a large extent, talked about in the Sugyav Hababa Mahteret. It's a circumstance, this is the paradigmatic Rodef. Rodef means as a pursuer. One person chasing after another one, you see the circumstance, you see it developed, and as a result, you have the opportunity, if you have the opportunity, to save the pursued, and, and this is important, and the Gemara will note this in a bit, and then we'll discuss it further in the Gemara, it's specifically the permissibility, the obligation of killing the pursuer is if there's no other way of saving. If you can save the pursued, in turn, save the one who's pursuing from sinning, by taking out their leg, by doing anything or everything else, you must do that before killing. How do you make that decision? Blink decision. You have to make that decision in the moment. You look at it, you take it in, and in turn, you make a decision on what's appropriate and necessary to do. The next one on the list of who your masil benafshan is, if there's a circumstance of a male chasing after another male, one man after another man, in order to rape that person, that's called ones, he's looking to be me'anetzim, and in such a circumstance you have the opportunity, and in turn the responsibility, to save this circumstance from taking place. You kill the one who's racing after to rape the other. That of course we're familiar with at this point already in our Mishnayot and Gemarot and Masechet Sanhedrin, Anna'ara is between the age of 12 and 12 and a half. means she's engaged, she's done the initial stage, in Ishut, in getting married, not yet married, what we call Nisuin, she's a Na'aram Orasa. Why are we referring specifically to these two, the Zakhar and Na'aram Orasa? The Gemara will explain to us in the Beraita at the bottom of the page that it's not specifically in only these two circumstances. These are, so to speak, the paradigms of circumstances. It's any keritot or mitot betin, which means to say if it's a sexual, uh, 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 wrongful, prohibited circumstance where the punishment comes from the Torah with 
chiyuv karet, that's mita bide shamayim of sorts, or mitat betin, in any of those circumstances, if they're coupled with what we'll describe in the Gemara, what Rashi already refers to as kalon or pegam, that's a bodily blemish, that's a psychological uh, um, descent, a circumstance where you set forth the person by them being raped, that's why it's important that it's rape. If it wasn't rape, if it was consensual, there's no pegam, there's no kalon. Pegam refers to blemish, there's no kalon refers to embarrassment. If there's none of that, so then, although it's a terrible act, although they'll be put to death in betin, you're not killing in circumstance. So again, what are our several paradigmatic, ex- exa- what are the examples in the Mishnah? Rodefa har havero lehergo, it's a pursuer to kill. Har hazachar, it's someone who's chasing after another to rape homosexually. What's that? That's prohibited, uh, well, that's dependent upon gemarot we learned earlier, if we consider it a ma'asebiyah. And thirdly, after a woman who's na'aram orasa, by extension, any mitot, betin, keritot, if there's kalon and pegam, aval. However, these are all in contrast to harodefa harha behema, if there's a person who's chasing after an animal in order to commit bestiality with it. Vahamehalelet shabbat you're certain, you see it in the guy's eyes, you heard it in, in his uh, words, he's going to be mehalel shabbat, or thirdly, vahaoved. Avodat Kochavim, a person who's on his way to do uh, the pagan idolatry, is on his way to worship Avodah Zarah. Those three, in contrast to the first three, and Matzilinotan Benashan, you may not kill, and there's certainly no responsibility to kill the person to prevent that act from taking place. The Gemara will provide sourcing in addition to logic of sorts for each of these circumstances. But that's our divide here in the Mishnah with regards to who you're Matzil Benafshan, who you're not Matzil Benafshan. Of course, if you went ahead and killed any of those latter three uh, so that they wouldn't uh, do the sin, you're liable to death penalty. It was prohibited. You're not allowed to kill them. But you say to yourself and you say out loud, but they're going to be put, put to death in court anyway, so what? You weren't able to kill them in that circumstance. You're not a judge. They weren't judged. There were no witnesses, no hatra, and so on and so forth. And as a result, you're not allowed to touch in that circumstance. You certainly should talk to them. You want to prevent them. You want to save Kalal Yisrael at all costs, except for taking a life. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan, the Raita asked the question of what's our sourcing? What is the makor for this concept in our Mishnah? The first one, How do I know that when it comes to a person who's pursuing after another, pursuing another one in order to kill them, the, the chaser for death, that you can and must kill the one who's running? Tamud Lomar, the Pasuk in the Torah states somewhat unequivocally, Lo ta'amod al-dam you may not stand literally on the blood of your friend. On, al, need not mean on top of, but it means next to. Al damre'echa is a reference to you can't stand close by. Rashi in his commentary to the Torah. Rashi over here as well. Lo ta'amod atzmecha, says Rashi. Al damo, don't stand next to his blood. Ela, rather, and this is the implicit uh, meaning of the pasuk, hasilehu, save him, which means to say don't stand idly by. That's it. As a result, the understanding of the Beraitai is that if the person's life is in danger, 
his dam is in danger of being spilled, you must save him even by killing the person, the being who's on his way to kill him. Veha lehacheh hudeata asks the Gemara on this beraita, wait a second, veha means and this, veze, lehacheh means for this, hudeata, that it comes. The question effectively is, is the pasuk really teaching that? The pasuk is somewhat broad. Don't stand idly by as your friend's blood is spilled. Now, who said that means that you have the, the misvah of saving his life by killing? Maybe I'll minimize it. This is the way Tosafot interprets the question. You'll see it in just a moment play out in the Gemara. Who said this means even by killing? I have two options and amongst many as to how to interpret this pasuk. Don't stand idly by as your friend's blood is, spill, uh, is spilled. Now I say to you, interpret that pasuk. I would imagine the easiest way is what the Gemara will suggest right now. If you see your friend's life in danger, you see him on the cliff and he's dangerously close, run over and grab him off of it. If you see your friend in a dangerous situation because you know that there's a car coming quickly, run in and push him out of the way. And so you see him on the train tracks, get him off the train tracks. That doesn't entail taking someone else's life. It's a stretch. It's a many steps further to suggest that you save his life even by taking someone else's life. If I can suggest baseline, first stage, save his life when you see him in danger without taking the life of another, that's how I'm going to interpret the pasuk. In fact, says the Gemara, hai mi ba'ele, hai this, meaning the pasuk, lo ta'amod adam re'echa, mi ba'ele, srichim we need it for, lichtitanya, for the following beraita, which states in different, more ancient words, what I just mentioned to you. Uh, how do you know that if you see your friend and he is drowning? Or, there's a wild beast of the field, an animal who's, which is dragging him. It means his life is in danger in each of those circumstances. Or alternatively, there are bandits who are attacking him. In each of these circumstances, it's unnecessary to take the life of a person in order to save the life of your friend. That's the pasuk of Don't stand idly by as his blood is shed. Wait a second, says the Gemara. If that's the case, I'm now stuck without a source for our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that you take the life of another in order to preserve and save the life of one. Well, that being the case, if the guy was pursuing after, uh, if Reuven is running after Shimon, that, I, that I'm supposed to or allowed to kill Reuven, I don't have a source for that. The best I have, or the most I have from this pasuk of Lotamod al Damrecha, is that you save Shimon's life, but not at the expense of taking another you're, person's you're really life. Stop him from sinning, right? That's right. Not that, but also to save Shimon's life. Both. Correct. Okay. But I have no sourcing, says the Gemara, because lo ta'amod is not sufficient. I'll put it at baseline. Again, as we say, no, no, it means everything. Who said it means everything? It's quite the hidush to say that I can kill a person. We have a baba mahterit, I understand. But this is already a stage further. Says the Gemara, in hachename, in means yes. Hachename means like this, it's so. In other words, the Gemara says, you're right. The pasuk lo ta'amod al-dam is not being used, should not be used. It's against our initial beraita. Instead of applying it for killing in order to save, it's just used in the most minimal sense, the narrowest sense, saving a life without killing. Oh, wait a second, if that's the case, we're back to square one. Ve'ela, rather than, nitan atzilo b'nafsho minalan, 
What's my sourcing? What is the makor for the halacha, the first one mentioned in our Mishnah, that What's my source for that? You can't tell me, you just told me, we're going to read more narrowly. We're going to understand it as without taking the life of another. The answer is the Gemara, Atiyah, this will come, we'll derive it, we'll derive it from a Kalvahomer from a logical deduction from the case of Na'aram Orasa. Before we read onward, the Gemara is assuming the next halacha in the Mishnah. We haven't, uh, we haven't yet arrived at the sourcing for that. This is the Gemara at its best. Assuming you know the next stage before it states the next stage and assuming in turn that it's going to be easy for you to follow. That's okay. We're going we're gonna to work through this. It goes as follows. We're working backwards now. The second case in our Mishnah is Na'aram Orasa. You see a person pursuing after, or the third case rather, pursuing after a woman in order to rape her, specifically Na'aram Orasa, but not so specific, that you are allowed to and must take the life of the pursuer. Wait a second. Let's start with that now. And the Gemara will afterwards, but I'll reveal it to you now. What's the sourcing for that? The answer to that is a pasuk in Parashat Kitese. Pasuk in Parashat Kitese, you'll see on the side of your page. Will you find it on the side of your page? It says, we want ve'en moshi'ala. No, not that pasuk. Yeah. There it is. The gimal on the side of the page, at least in mind. Devarim pere kafpet pasuk kafsa'an. Ki basadeh mesa'ah. Now that's describing the context and scene. The woman was found in the field. She had yelled, she had cried out for help, and there was no one to save her. Why is the Torah describing it as such? It's telling you that this wasn't consensual, this was rape. But the last words are very critical. Ve'en Moshi'ala. Ve'en Moshi'ala is telling you, and there was no one to save her. The understanding is those extra words are telling you if there is anyone to save her, at all extent, to at all costs, you save her. Even if it means taking the life of the raper, of the rapist. Well, that being the case, the Gemara now goes backwards. Now that we have the sourcing for Na'aram Oraza, which in their eyes is explicit, in those words, ve'en moshi'ala, we take that case and we logically derive from that to the pursuer for murder. If by na'aram orasa we kill the pursuer for rape, then certainly in the case of pursuing for murder, you kill uh, to, to prevent the murder. Why, why is that a kalvahomer? Why is murder worth it? Each of you have wonderful questions. Hold your question for a second, Jesse. Let's start with Abi. Abi says, who said murder is worse than, than rape? The Gemara first addresses that. And I will quickly but importantly caution you, this is not with regards to lifestyle, to psychological effect, and so forth. It's strictly and specifically in the context of the law system. We need to scale, quote unquote, severity of act based on the way we are as lawmakers going to judge it. Difficult to get into the psyche. I mean, lemashal, mamash lemashal. Unfortunately, I think we've all heard of terrible circumstances where people in high power positions usurp their power and as a result uh, sexually you, uh, are manipulative with other people. In those circumstances, I always say, it's not only gilu ya'arayot, that was mamash shifichut amim. You took those young 
oftentimes uh, women or men, and you've now ruined their lives for the rest of their life in this world. As opposed to ending their life literally and physically right now, you've ruined it. So I'm not taking away from that. But I am at the same time, as the Gemara will point out, in terms of severity of act, not consequence, but act, in one case the person is gone in terms of their physical life. In the other one, they're still around. They have a very difficult life. They have a blemished life. They have an embarrassed life and so on and so forth. We'll add, the Gemara doesn't use these words, but it implies that they have a psychologically damaged life. However, when you're actually killed, and one you spiritually, psychologically, and so forth, emotionally killed. In terms of severity within the law system, we're going to treat the murder and the cold blood, specifically physical murder, as more severe. Well, that being the case, if you take the life of the pursuer in a circumstance where they didn't actually, or they're not actually going to take a life, a physical life of another, then certainly when they're going to take the physical life of another, we take their life as well. I remind you again, it's not a value statement. The Torah will tell us you kill in both circumstances and you get killed for both circumstances. But that's the Kalva Homer says the Gemara Mana Ora. If you can't tell, it's difficult for me as well. Says the Gemara Mana Ora In the circumstance where you're dealing with the rape case, he's, uh, the pursuer is Lifogma. He's going to blame her. He's going to give her as a result cologne, embarrassment. She's going to be physically blemished, specifically if she was a virgin as well. Amra Torah, in such a circumstance, the Torah tells you, All the more so if there's a pursuer in order to kill you would take his life as well. Well, that being the case, the Gemara at this juncture suggests it's a kalva homer, it's a logical deduction. If A is true, and we know A from the in Moshiala, then B is true, uh, the case of harodefa harhavero lehorgo. Says Jesse, well, wait a second, we don't kill based on logic. It's a principle, it's a matter which he knows, I think, both from Masechet Sanhedrin and from Dafhe and Masechet Makot. The principle is, Vichi onshin min haddin. Din in this context refers to logic. And as a result, it's an incredulous. This is a question which is not searching for an answer. It's a, it's a rhetorical question. Vichi onshin min haddin. Do we really punish? based on logic, and of course the simple and unequivocal answer is no, we don't punish based on logic. How do you know we don't punish based on logic? Firstly, the Gemara Masechim Makot and Dafhe derives it from Pesukim. The Torah warns against sleeping with your sister from your father and mother. It separately mentions not sleeping with your sister if she's from your mother or if she's from your father in terms of her relation to you. Why do you need all those mentions? Once you told me if it's your sister from your mother or your sister from your father specifically, you don't need to mention that if it's your sister from your father and mother, and it's an identical warning and, and punishment, says the Gemara over there, that's where we learn, and on Shin Minadin. What's the logic? There are several, but the most basic one is that we, in our feeble minds, as much as we're wise and we've developed and understand and so on and so forth, to determine death penalty based on our mind without God's words on this, we don't go that far. And on min hadin. That's the principle of the matter. As a result, the Gemara asks over here, your kalvahomer is an inappropriate kalvahomer. You can't derive from kalvahomer that you're going to kill the rodefa harhavero lehorgo because we don't derive from kalvahomer any death punishment. That's the question of the Gemara. 
there is a question on this question of the Gemara. It's the well-known question. It's a little bit pilpul over here. So I'm going to do it in a minute and a half so that we don't get too carried away. The question over here is that it's a difficult claim of the Gemara because we're not actually punishing in this circumstance. Imagine the scene, though, you see a person who's racing after another in order to kill the other person, right? You see Reuven running after Shimon. By you taking a, a, your gun or your bow and arrow, whatever you have, in order to kill Reuven, you're not punishing him. You're saving either him or Shimon. That's an altogether different act. To the extent that, if you recall, not too long ago, just yesterday, we had Ravuna's opinion. Ravuna told us, Harodev en doesn't need a warning. Why don't you need a warning? He said, listen, if you're bringing him into court, he needed a warning. That was the you're not able to kill him. The reason he doesn't need a warning is because you're saving, you're not punishing. In order to punish, you need a warning. In order to save, you don't need a warning. That's the question of He suggests as a result that our Gemara is working not with the opinion of Rav Huna over there who, who told us that Harodef in but rather with the one who questioned him. That was Rav Hasta who said, is it really so? And he asked the question from the Mishnah Masechet Aholot, which means ironically then our Gemara is only following one opinion. It's only following the opinion of Rav Hasta. There's more to be said about that. But for our matters, this is the question of the Gemara. Vechi onchin min hadin. Answers the Gemara. You're right. So it's not a kalva We tried. Lo ta'amod al dam re'echa. Pasuk is being used for more simple cases. We tried. Kalva homer from na'aram orasa. En onchin min hadin. Says the Gemara. Rather, in the Bet Midrash of Ribi, they gave the following interpretation. They taught. Hekeshahum. Hekeshes, when the Pasuk in the Torah mentions two, it, it joins or adjoins two separate concepts. And in the context of this woman who Lo'alenu is raped, mentioned in Parashat Kitese, the Pasuk in a funny, almost unnecessary fashion, likens her to a person who's murdered. You see, the Pasuk says, Ki yakum isha al re'ehu, ursaho nefesh, it goes like this, Peshat in Pasuk, and then you'll understand the question. It says, listen, this woman was found in the field. She yelled, she cried out for help. Then Moshe Allah, there was no one to save her. You should know in such a circumstance, don't touch the woman. Of course you don't touch the woman. She doesn't have a sin of death. Key, because because this is similar to when a person's murdered. You don't blame the one who's murdered. They were somewhat innocent. They didn't put the bullet into their head. They were told the bullet was put into their head by someone else. In other words, it says this woman is raped. It's not her responsibility. She doesn't get punished. Just like the person who's murdered, it's not his fault. It's the murderer's fault. It's a strange It's a strange pesukim in the Torah, and that's really what we're questioning. I mean, you didn't need to go that far. I think we all understand the concept of the woman was lo alenu It's not her fault. Once you have those words, don't touch the woman. The woman is not guilty. She's innocent. Hazita, we feel bad for her. Take her in and help her out, so to speak, and take out the guy. Why do you need to tell me it's similar to a murder case? Once you told me those words, as Rashi points out, anything else in terms of this analogy and comparison, the pasuk is unnecessary. Why is the Torah doing it instead? The suggestion will be to teach fundamental laws to juxtapose in the same pasuk, it's called the Hekesh, murder and rape. 
Why would I want to juxtapose murder and rape? For this halacha, first and foremost, we'll have another halacha later on, but this halacha, first and foremost, to teach us that the same way that in the circumstance of rape, if there's a man running after a woman to rape her, you kill the man. How do you know? So too in a case of murder, if there's a man or woman racing after another in order to kill them, you kill them. That's where we derive it from. What law do we learn from Roseach? From We'll come back to those words at a later point in a daf or so from now, which means to say the Pasuk is mentioning Roseach and learning laws to Roseach and from Roseach. For now, we're going to talk about what we learn to Roseach from Na'aram Orasa. We learn the same way you kill the pursuer in pursuit of rape, so too you kill the pursuer in pursuit of murder. Period. Okay, so that's the derasha, ultimately speaking. We've solved our initial and only question we have had thus far in the Gemara. We went a few circles to get there. Ultimately speaking, we arrived at an answer. What is the source? That the answer that the pasuk mentions both the rape circumstance and murder circumstance as one to teach you the same way in the rape circumstance you kill the rapist before he commits the sin so too in rotzeh says the gemara. That's right. Of the Kalvahomer, that's right. Well, again, Kalvahomer was going in the same direction. Right. So right. if by rape you put to death, okay. so too certainly by Roseach. Says the Gemara, V'na'aram orasa gufa minalan. Gufa means itself, minalan, from where? And this is a question I addressed before we started everything, because I said it will be specifically very difficult for us to go forward without answering this question. The Gemara does it as an after fact. Says so Gemara, okay, now that we've solved that, all right, so you tell me we learned from the Aram or Asa to Roseah. Okay, one second, just one question. How do you know that the Aram or Asa uh, You've been assuming that until now, so again, we discussed this already. Kid the Tana de Verbi Ishmael, as they taught in the Bet Midrash of the Bishmael, the Tana de Verbi Ishmael, the in the Pasuka superfluously mentions, and there's no one to save this woman. Of course there wasn't. She was, she was raped. It comes to teach us if there is some way, any way, to save her, you must and you are able to and must save her in any way possible, which entails even killing the rapist before he commits the sin. All right, that's what we have thus far in the Gemara. Now the Gemara, now that it's solved that issue, wait a second, we have a little bit more to solve because you did at the very onset of this sugya mention that the pasuk lo ta'amod al damre'echa is actually interpreted for what we interpret? Oh, we interpreted it for don't stand idly by as your friend's life is in danger. What were the examples? He or she is drowning. He or she is being dragged by an animal. He or she has bandits attacking them. In each of those circumstances, you don't need to take the life of another in order to save them, but you must save them. So that's the Gemara. Question? You keep on saying before the actors after the fact, you need to take them to court. You can't kill after the act is done. Then it's a punishment, correct. You prevent the sin from taking place. (laughs) 
That's what, I, <coughs> that's what I call a blink determination. It can't be an assumption. It's an assumption only by taking into account the circumstance. You have to look at the guy, you have to understand, you don't need a warning, you don't need to hear it from them, but you need to be careful in your determination, otherwise we're gonna take, you know. Correct, correct. To the extent that, we will see in just a bit, or maybe tomorrow, to the extent that, in a crazy, scary sense, if the woman has already been raped, even if she's already been raped by this guy, this guy did one act and he's about to begin his second, you can't kill him. Oh, you're not allowed to kill him. That's right, the pigam is already lost, quote unquote. It's a terrible, horrible way of thinking about it, but, but appropriate in a court of law. Because she no longer has a full-fledged pigam, the Gemara will tell us. Pigam means the physical blemish. That's already done. Uh, to, to a certain extent, the, uh, the embarrassment, the communal embarrassment has already been affected. The fact that he's about to do it again, beat him up, bring him into court, do all those things, you can't kill him anymore. It's, again, it's difficult, especially in 21st century, to sell such a thought. But that's within a law system in which we want to be very precise and we want to be careful about who we uh, give permission to kill and so forth. That's how, the, that's how they determine it. All right, says the Gemara Gufa. Gufa means we return to an earlier point. So again, we know this point. I just mentioned to me. You know, in any of the circumstance, any, any of those circumstances, by extension, any other circumstance of grave deathly danger to your friend that you have to save them again not to the extent that you're killing someone that we learned from a hekesh over here you don't kill Talmud Loman that's the derashav says the Gemara and this law that you don't stand idly by and instead you have an obligation to save the life of another means here nafka means yotze it's learned it, it's derived from, is this law really derived from I have another pasuk and another derasha which seems to suggest that we learn this law from there. And as a result, we'll be stuck. Anytime we have Gemara question of that sort, we are stuck. We understand the Torah won't mention the same law in two contexts to teach the identical uh, circumstance and halakha. I got you, but our topic beforehand, you're right, Avi. First and foremost, I have an answer. Secondly, our topic beforehand was for Rodefa Harhavero the Horgo, so we were trying to focus on that. Once we clean that up, we need to clean this up as well. Keep in mind, we didn't even bring up the source on Harodefa uh, Hanaram Orasa until we were done. We tried to be as honed in and focused on as quote-unquote confusing as it may be. In today's day and age, you'd probably, you know, you'd draw it as you'd have the middle case and then you'd have derivatives or whatever. If you see it like that, it's different. If you're talking it out, it might be the greatest way to do it in this fashion. Says the Gemara Mehatam from there, Nafka. We learn it from there. What's there? Avedat gufo minayin. Tamud lo. Uh, the question of the Beraita goes as follows. How do you know that if a person, well, first and foremost, the Torah tells us, if a person loses something, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility to return it to them. How do you know so? Well, the Torah tells you, you have to return it to them. But the Torah goes further in the understanding of this Beraita. If they're going to lose their life, you have a responsibility to, quote unquote, return their life to them. Now, the Pasuk says that if the person loses something, you should hold on to that item for them. And then almost, as Rashi understands it, unnecessarily finishes, and you should return it to him. But you already told me, if they lost it, you should hold on to it, until your, your brother, until your friend comes to claim it. 
course, that implies you're giving it back to him. Why does the pasuk keraye teras as Rashi add on and you return it to? Of course you return. I tell you, if you found something on the street, hold on to it until you see your friend. All right, and return it to your friend. In the words of the Torah, those are, those are extra words. That's extraneous mention. The derasha in turn is don't only return objects to him, rather return his or her life to them. Well, that being the case, I have now two sources for the same law. What's the law that you have to save another person's life? Why do I need two pesukim? Says the Gemara. First and second saving different. How so? When he's saving from. From himself and the only saving from uh, Rodef. You're assuming that means Avedat means he's. No, 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 neither one's Rodef. No, Rodef we learned from Hekesh. Over here is you're saving him from dying. So I have that from Lotamod. Now I have another Pasuk for that. Lotamod is teaching us both. No, Rodef we learned from Hekesh. Lotamod taught me danger. Now Vahashevotolo, also danger. That's my question. Says the Gemara, if I just had the Pasuk Vahashevotolo, if I just had alternatively, let's put it in these words, if I just had one Pasuk in the Torah, if the Torah only mentioned in one circumstance that you save the life of a person, I would have perhaps thought to say, you specifically and only save the guy if what it entails is saving his life, his body. You make certain that you save it. Aval, however, mitrach umegar agure. How do you know that you need to? You're responsible. You're obligated to go to the extent that you're mitrach, you're burdened, megar agure. You put out money in order to pay people to save him. The guy is far off. You heard on uh, whatever, he sent you a, a text message that his life is in danger. You have a connection, he's off in the Orient, you have a connection uh, to someone over there that could save his life, but it's gonna take a, a hefty amount of money and a few phone calls. How do you know that you're responsible even in that circumstance where it's not imminent in terms of your involvement, it's not right in front of you. It's mitrah, megara gure, you have to hire someone, you have to commit money to it. Emalo, I perhaps would have said that's not part of the obligation. The obligation you see him right here, he's drowning, jump in and save him. Oh, he's all the way out and you have to pay the lifeguard or the person who has the boat in order to go save him? Kamashma'lan, that's the hidush that we have two pesukim, not just v'hashevotolo, but lo ta'amod al-damre'echa as well. There is a diuk here in the Gemara that some of the Rishonim pick up on and it's a debate amongst many. The question is, who ultimately speaking is responsible for the money that's paid? In other words, we just said the hayuv is upon you to not only save him with your body, by saving his body, but you have to put out money. Who pays that money? You're putting out the money initially. Can you then afterwards bring him to court and say, I saved your life with that money, you owe me that money. There's a diuk in the Gemara that it says, mitrah umegara gure. The hova on your end is only the burden. The money he has to pay back. That's how many of the Rishonim read this Gemara, which means to say again, he says, no, I, wouldn't, I didn't want to pay that money. We, we look at him and we say, you crazy? You want your life? My only responsibility was the tirha. I was going to get paid back for it, ultimately speaking, and as a result, that's why the Gemara says metrah. Says the Gemara a bit onward, just very briefly, beginning this beraita. The beraita will bring us back to the Mishnah's halachot and expand them a bit for us, and then we'll have the derashot over here for each of those laws. Tanura banan, the beraita says, Ehad har lehorgo. Both the circumstance of a pursuer to murder, or for homosexual rape, 
or after rape of any other circumstance. Again, by extension, not only and kiritot. And again, the Gemara will ask why we need then zakhar and there it is, explicit. Any woman or man which these relations would be liable after the fact of death and by punishment in betin. Or a circumstance where the death is not punished in betin, but by God, in all those circumstances, the halakha is you kill the one who's on his or her way to sin. What about if it's a mitzvah? The Torah at the beginning of Parashat Emor cautions the Kohen Gadol, he's not allowed to get married to a widower, to a widow. Um, now that caution is a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. There's no punishment by death. There's no karet. In such a circumstance, as wrong as it is, if you see the kohen on his way to do so, you may not kill him. Why not? Just a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. Gerushav halusal kohen ediot. If it's a divorcee, getting married, getting involved in relations with uh, with a kohen, a kohen ediot, regular kohen, not a kohen gadol. Mitzvah lo ta'aseh. Not allowed to do so. No killing in that circumstance in order to save it. Halutza, by extension, is only midrab banan. It's even further removed, but it always gets mentioned, it always gets coupled together with gerusha. In each of those circumstances, en matzilin otan benafsho, you may not kill in order to prevent the sin. Lastly, and this is what I mentioned earlier, ne'evda ba'avera, what if the woman has already been raped? Harambam has it specifically raped by this man. Rashisvim seems to be expansive. Unfortunately, the woman's already lost her virginity through rape. The pegam, the kalon, is already there. It's a terrible circumstance, but it's already done, so to speak. It's terrible that this is going to be on top of it, and it's very good Jared's not here to kill me for this. And we'll have a derasha for that as well. You can't kill, may not kill the person who's pursuing her to rape her there. Yeshla Moshia. Which means to say, if there's another way to save, what's the other way to save? I don't know, you beat him up. I don't know, you throw something at his feet. Uh, I don't know, you bribe him into not raping, into not murdering. In any of those circumstances, if there's another way of being Moshiach, of saving the circumstance without killing, what if you say, no, no, but I'd rather do it this way. We put you to death. You weren't allowed to kill in that circumstance. Again, Jesse will say, but you didn't get a warning. That's right, so we'll incarcerate you. We'll, we'll lock you up for life. No, but I was just trying to save the situation by taking someone's life where it wasn't permitted because you could have saved them another way. In such a circumstance, and Matilin Tobin Afshaw as well, Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.